Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Today is Tuesday, May 23rd. Do you know what day it is? It's today in sports betting. Hello and welcome to another exciting day on the hard court, the diamond and the ice. As NBA and NHL playoffs heat up and work towards the finals, MLB has a full slate of games as well. I'm your host, Doug Reed, here to break all the games down, give my thoughts, my angles, my signs. If you haven't already, please follow me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. And this, as always, is Sports Ethos presentation. Check out our website at sportsethos.com if you are a fan of wagering, handicapping sports. If you're a fan of fantasy sports, if you're a fan of DFS, we've got all kinds of information, podcasts across every possible sport, individual team podcasts, uh, higher level podcasts from fantasy, DFS, wagering, and all kinds of information, free information and some great packages, reasonable packages. Lots going on here at Sports Ethos. Couple, um, hand, uh, sorry, a couple Twitter accounts I think are a great follow. One is just our Ethos Wagering. It's simply Ethos Wagering, E-T-H-O-S Wagering. We post the links to uh, this this pod, obviously, post the links to some plays, lots of relevant information there. And a couple of uh, my colleagues here at Sports Ethos and the handicapping and the wagering division. One, if you're a basketball fan, you need to be following Michael Fiddle. His Twitter account is mfiddle14, so M-F-I-D-D-L-E, then the number's 1-4. Uh, Michael is a great handicapper, one of the best uh, out there, I believe, in breaking down the numbers. Not not a fan of a team, not saying what the trend is, this guy's hot, that guy's hot. Uh, more breaking down the numbers, looking for closing line value, and everybody makes and fantastic information from him. Uh, he has a podcast, too. Check that out. Again, it's mfiddle one four. Uh, follow him on Twitter. If you're a fan of tennis, I love tennis, but I'm not much at handicapping it. Never really tried. So instead, uh, I've been following my buddy here, Fish Fisher. His Twitter handle is fish underscore Fisher and then the number four. So F-I-S-H underscore F-I-S-H-E-R and the number four. Uh, does a great job handicapping um, tennis on a regular basis. Been doing a good job in the last few weeks. So definitely follow him as well if you are into tennis. And without further ado, let's get into tonight's games. In the NBA, we have a big game four in the Boston-Miami series at Miami. The home heat up three games to nothing. Uh, to me, a shocker, a surprise. Surprise that they're even in the Eastern Conference Finals. N- not the way they played, but if you'd asked me you know, a month and a half ago, uh, I definitely would not have thought they're there. But they're playing fantastic on Jimmy Butler. They come in a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Total here is 217. You can get the home heat at minus 120 in the money line or the road Celtics at plus 100. And I'm not sure I'm on this game yet. I'm actually leaning towards the heat uh, to match Denver, like Denver did last night in sweeping out the Lakers, to pull this off. Uh, I'm just not sure that Boston, it's not much of a handicap. That's not why I'm not necessarily on the game, but I'm just not sure that Boston kind of hasn't packed it in. Down 3 nothing. It's going to be a monumental task uh, to come back and win four straight. Going to have to win tonight. Uh, then they're going to have to win two in Boston. But they're also going to have to go back Miami for Game Six if they're to, if they're to pull it off. 
So I lean towards the Heat and laying one and a half, I think is pretty reasonable price. Uh, there are obviously a lot of people think Boston will wake up and come out, but I just think they're clearly getting out coached. Remember watching their coach at the or watch their coach after the last game, and he came out and you know people asked what happened. He said I didn't have the team prepared. And I thought that I remember watching. That, I thought that was a very odd statement uh, because then Al Horford was on the mic and someone said your coach just said that the, you know he he took the blame because he didn't have the team prepared and Horford just kind of laughed and shook his head a little. He's like no 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 we you know it's not on the coach at this stage and I agree. I mean you can't. In-game, sure, uh, but you can't say the coach just didn't have a team prepared. You're a bunch of pro athletes going into a kind of a must-win down down two games to nothing in Miami, and they laid an egg. Uh, that's not on the coach for not having a team prepared. That's on the players. So uh, an odd kind of comment, I thought, from Boston's head coach. So I like Miami uh, to cover probably the one and a half, but not on the game yet. In baseball, huge card, uh, as there always is on a Tuesday, 15 games. So we're going to quickly run through them. Started 6-10 in the East with Chicago White Sox in Cleveland to face the Guardians. You can get the home Guardians at minus 130 as a favorite. The road Chai Sox at plus 110. Total here is 8.5. Juice to the under. Money obviously coming in on the under. It's down to minus 115. Not sure that that's going to move. I mean, the next number is either minus 120. You usually see they'll move it to um, 8. They'll move it down as opposed to uh, listing it at minus 120. On the hill for the White Sox, we have... Uh, Sorry about that. We have Dylan Cease, the righty, 52 and two-thirds innings, 4.780 ERA, 1.39 whip, 23 walks, 57 strikeouts, not living up to the expectations of what a lot of people thought after his kind of breakout year last year. Opposing him is lefty Logan Allen, uh, the young the young lefty for Cleveland, 26 and two-thirds innings, 1.46 whip, 3.04 ERA, just eight walks and 29 strikeouts. Um I don't really have a feel for this game. If anything, I would lean Chicago. Cease has pitched a little better, uh, a little better lately. And, you know, Cleveland isn't, uh, Cleveland's struggling uh, at bat. And I just think could be a low scoring game. That's why it's eight and a half juice to the under. Uh, I like the, I like the ability for Cease to shut Cleveland down. Logan Allen's pitched well. Um, you just never know. Traditionally, now, the White Sox are missing Jose Abreu, their first baseman this year, but traditionally the, the White Sox have always done well against lefties. Cease uh, last game, pitched against Cleveland uh, about a week ago, six and a third innings, five hits, three earned runs, a walk, and three strikeouts. Uh, in that same game, he was faced, he faced Allen, who went five innings, seven hits, just one, one, one earned run, one walk, and five strikeouts. So Allen clearly outpitched him. Uh, prior to that, though, Cease had a good game against Houston, six innings, no runs. And I think... If he's on, he has the ability to shut down Cleveland much more than Allen has the ability. So plus money, I'd maybe lean towards the money line of Chicago, uh, but not a game I'm on. The next game I am on, 635 in East, Texas Rangers in Pittsburgh to face the Pirates. You can get the Rangers as minus 165 money line favorites. The home Pirates plus 140. Total here is eight, juice to the under. So obviously uh, at 115, so obviously a low scoring game expected. And... I actually, I like the Rangers a lot. Evaldi's been pitching really well. And Rich Hill has had a couple good games lately, but I am not. I think he is the oldest starting pitcher in the majors right now. And I'm not really a believer that he's going to um, continue this stretch. Now we get the stats on the pitcher. So, sorry, the play I'm on is on the, I got this yesterday, the Rangers money line or the run line. So minus one and a half at plus 100. Evaldi comes in 660 in a third innings, 2.83 ERA, 0.99 whip, 10 walks, 61 strikeouts. So he's having a great year. Is he this good? I don't think so, but he's a definitely an above average major league pitcher. 
For the Pirates, Hill is 47 and 30 innings, 3.80 ERA, 1.35 whip, 15 walks and 43 strikeouts. He's kind of find, found the fountain of youth. Uh, his last game against Detroit, six innings, no runs. Prior to that, against Colorado, uh, which is a little underwhelming. Three and two-thirds innings, uh, three runs, and only one was earned. Prior to that, against the Jays, uh, five and a third, eight hits, four earned runs. So he's not exactly dominating, and he's not striking out guys the way he used to, less than a strikeout per inning. So I'm not really a backer against him, and Texas is – um, bats are on fire, especially with Corey Seager back. And Eovaldi, I just said his numbers, he's pitched very well. His last outing against Atlanta, seven innings, five hits, three earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. That's probably his worst uh, outing of the year. Prior to that, he went eight and two-thirds, no runs against Oakland. Eight innings, no runs against the Angels. Nine innings, no runs against the Yankees in his three previous starts. <clears throat> so three of his four have been fantastic. His one wasn't bad, it was a quality start. But against Atlanta, I think they win with Eovaldi. I think he has the ability to shut down Pittsburgh's bats who have kind of come back down to earth after a very hot uh, April. So I like the Rangers to win. Can't lay minus, minus 165. So I'm on the money line uh, here tonight at plus 100. Take a quick break and then run through the rest of the diamond and hit the ice when we get back. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, the next game, 640 in the East. We have the Blue Jays in Tampa for an AL East battle of worst versus first. The Blue Jays sitting in last place in the AL East, which I think would put them in second in every division, but the AL Central, in which they'd actually be tied with Minnesota for first in the AL Central. Welcome to the AL East. For the Jays, they have ready Jose Barrios on the hill, and the Rays counter with young ready Taj Bradley. Bradley, you can get the Rays at minus 125 on the money line. Jays plus 105. Total here is 8.5. Choose to the over at minus 115. And if anything, I would hear, I would look to the race. Uh, the, the Jays have been in a free fall lately. I think they're 1 and 11 against the AL East in the last, um, well, obviously the last 12 games, but that's, I think, three series against AL East in the last week. Uh, sorry, two. They, they got swept. They got swept by the Rays, or the, the Orioles. And I think they won one of three versus the Yanks. Um, while just after sweeping the Braves. So been hot and cold lately. Barrios on the on the road, the story with him is he's always struggled. This year, 52 and two-thirds innings, 4.61 ERA, 1.25 whip, 12 walks, 52 strikeouts. Bradley, back up from the minors, I think he's made one start, 20 and third innings, 3.54 ERA, four walks, 27 strikeouts, and a .93 whip. He's done very well. Um, you know, at the number eight and a half, Obviously, they expect some runs to score, and it's juiced to minus 115. Some money's coming in on the over. 
if you're if you'd like that number, I would grab it before it moves to nine, which it may just before the game. Uh, I just don't trust Barrios here. The bat, the Jays bats got to break out, and they certainly could against the young the young pitcher like Bradley. But Barrios has struggled. His numbers, as I said, aren't great. They're not terrible on the season. Uh, 1.25 WHIP is not fantastic, and a 4.61 ERA isn't either. But on the season, uh, but, but um, traditionally he's done worse away from uh, home, and he's done that again this year. So stay away from me. But I would lean to the Rays. 640 in the East, we have the Cardinals facing the Reds in Cincinnati. You can get the road Cardinals at minus 135 in the money line. The home Reds at plus 115 total here in a typical great American ballpark game is 10.5. Juice to the under at minus 115. For Cincinnati, or sorry, for St. Louis, we get veteran Adam Wainwright. A couple starts in, a few starts in off the DL. 15 and two-thirds, just short of not much to go on yet this year. 5.74 ERA, 1.6 whip, five walks to eight strikeouts. Uh, the five walks are, are a little high, but the eight strikeouts in 15 and two-thirds innings uh, are not the typical Adam Wainwright of old, so maybe he's lost a little. Uh, Graham Ashcroft, who was a media – not a media, sorry, a um, fantasy darling when he first came up. A lot of people were bidding on him with their fab. Uh, has slowed down a lot recently. Four, 48 and a third innings, 4.84 ERA, 1.43 whip, 21 walks, 36 strikeouts. I like – St. Louis to win this game, minus 135 in the money line. You get the home, home Reds at plus 115. Uh, I like St. Louis to win this game. I just don't know that I completely trust uh, Wayne right here, the way he's been going. You know, when I look at his last, so he's had uh, three starts in May against Detroit, five innings, four earned runs against Boston, five innings, four earned runs, and his last start, five and two-thirds against the Dodgers, Five runs, but only where two were earned. So uh, he's pitched acceptable, but not all that not all that well. And Cincinnati's never an easy place to pitch. The flip side is Ashcraft, who I was talking about. His last three outings have been brutal. On May seventh, against against the White Sox, weak hitting Chicago White Sox. Uh, one and no, granted, this is at home in in Cincinnati. One and two thirds innings, six hits, eight earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts at Miami. Okay, at pitcher's park against a bad lineup. Five and two-thirds innings, six hits, four runs, three earned, two walks, just three strikeouts. And then at Colorado, which you can forgive him for a bad outing, but this is a terrible outing. Five innings, ten hits, seven runs, all earned, one walk, and three strikeouts. So Ashcraft is struggling. I like Cincinnati. I look to the run line, but, uh, well, it's actually jumped to plus money. Earlier it was minus Minus 105, I think. So I would look here to the cards at plus 105 on the run line. I haven't pulled the trigger that in yet, yet, but likely will. I like St. Louis. Uh, you know, if one pitcher can figure it out, I think it's going to be Wainwright. And um, Ashcraft has really struggled, so I can't really be backing them. Next game, 640 in the East. The Phillies host the Arizona Diamondbacks. You can get the home Phillies at minus 155. The road D-backs plus 135. Total here is under 9.5, but juiced to – Minus 120. So this number is likely going down to nine. And I think that is because Matt Strom was announced as a starter. It was to be determined most of last night and this morning. Nelson for Arizona gets Ryan Nelson gets a start. 46 innings, 5.48 ERA, 1.48 whip, 15 walks and 32 strikeouts. Ryan Nelson came in with a bit of hype. Not not hype, but people thought he could have a decent year. And he's really struggled. And the Phillies bats with Harper back are, are doing much better. And I think they can get to him. On the flip side is Matt Strom starting for Phillies. Now, some people think this is going to be an opener 
Well, not some people. It sounds like he's, he's going to be an opener, and then Dylan Covey's going to come in behind him. Uh, and Dylan Covey has really struggled in his major league experience. Then he went to, uh, I think I heard China. Uh, he went and pitched there for a couple years. Now he's back. And obviously not a great pitcher, but I don't think Matt Strom is your traditional one-inning opener. I mean, he, he's been moved. He was starting. He started a handful of games already this year, and he's been moved to the bullpen. And that was only for a couple outings. I'm trying to pull up his numbers here. Uh, yeah, really just one outing. He was in the bullpen in three and a third, three and a third innings on May 2nd against the Dodgers. So oh, that's his last last start. Um, but he pitched a couple couple games out of the bullpen, now back to the starting rotation. But earlier in the year, he was going, looking at his pitch counts, he was going 73, 60, 82, 67. So they're going to let him get up there. I wouldn't be surprised, especially if he can hold Arizona uh, in check if he goes three or four innings. This isn't your traditional opener. So I like the Phillies here. Uh, I can't lay 155 in the money line. And the number, if anything, I would lean to the under. But if it's at nine and a half, I don't like it juiced at minus 20, minus 120. If it's going to drop to nine, which it probably will, uh, at minus 110. I'd maybe look at that. If it hits nine, then you get a push. Um, And D-backs... Uh, bats have been doing well, but not fantastic. Uh, I, so the money line, sorry, the run line for the Phillies is plus one thirty. That's probably the play. I think Strom can 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 shut them down. The Phillies bullpen's been average, let's say at best, uh, inconsistent for sure. The question is, what does Dylan Covey do if he comes in behind him for three three four innings? Uh, like if they only allow Strom to go one or two innings, like your traditional opener, which I don't know why they would. But I don't know why they have him in the bullpen anyways. And then Covey comes in. It's a little bit of a question mark. But if they let him pitch until he's maxed out at 60, 70 pitches, he could go three or four innings. So I think I like the Phillies here on the run line at plus 130. 7-5 in the East. Another AL East battle. We have the Orioles in New York to face the Yankees. And Cobb Radish is on the hill for the O's. And the home Yankees have their ace, Garrett Cole. Think of it as minus 170 favorites. You can get the Road Orioles at plus 145. Number here is 7.5. Juice to the over at minus 115. Uh, so this is probably moving up to 8. And I think I would take the over. Uh, leaning towards the over, not on it. You can get the Yankees in a run line at minus 120. Cole has been fantastic this year. 62 and two-thirds, 2.01 ERA, 1.09 whip. 20 walks, a little high. 68 strikeouts. Bradish, on the other hand, 32 and a third innings, 3.9 ERA, 1.3 whip, 10 walks, 29 strikeouts. He's been doing well, definitely serviceable, as all Baltimore pitchers. Pitches better at home. And I like the I, I like the Yanks here. Can't back them at minus 170, and I don't like them enough at plus 120. Uh, you know, the story with Garrett Cole, as always, is great pitcher. You know, his 20 walks and 62 and two-thirds innings, a little high. And... He hasn't so far this year, but traditionally or historically uh, can give up the long ball. So a walk or two, a single, two-run homer, three-run homer, all of a sudden another team can put up a few runs. So I'm not necessarily thinking Baltimore is going to win, but I don't want to lay the minus 170 of the Yankees. And plus 120 in the run line is a little steep for me. 7-5 in East, we have Washington hosting Pittsburgh. The home Nats are plus 130 uh, underdogs and the road Padres minus 150 on the money line. Total here is eight, juiced evenly at minus 110 on both sides. You can get the Padres at plus 110 in the run line. For the Pods, you have you Darvish on the hill. 48 innings, 3.56 ERA, 1.13 whip, 16 walks, and 53 strikeouts. And then young lefty Mackenzie Gore facing his old team, the uh, San Diego Padres. 46 in the third innings, 3.69 ERA, 1.41, sorry, 1.45 whip, 23 walks, 
58 strikeouts. The story with Mackenzie Gore is control. You know, 46 and two-thirds innings and 23 walks. So he's basically walking and batter every second inning. Um, and that's always been his problem. He's got the strikeouts, 58 strikeouts and 46 in the third innings. And the Padres lineup's a little diminished without Machado there. Um, I'm still not going to back the Nats at home. And laying 150 on the Padres in the road is too much. And just getting plus 110 in the run line. It's a stay away from me. I like the pods. I like Darvish here. Uh, Mackenzie Gore is doing well, though. Maybe a first five under uh, I would look to because I think this could be a low-scoring game. But it's pretty much a stay away from me. 720 in the East. LA Dodgers are in Atlanta. The best and second-best teams being the Braves, the best, and the Dodgers, second-best in the National League face off each other. You can get the home Braves at minus 200 and the road Dodgers at plus 170. And that is 100% built on this pitching matchup. You get the under at eight and a half, juice to minus 115. So money's obviously coming in on the under. And when I say the pitching matchup, it is an interesting one. Uh, Bobby Miller making his major league debut, a much heralded prospect for the Dodgers. And if you follow the Dodgers over the years, one thing they can do is develop prospects, whether it be hitting or pitching prospects. So he is... I think probably their top pitching prospect in their organization didn't do well uh, in the minors earlier this year, but his last outing uh, he did. So they called him up to fill fill in for a couple injured uh, starters. And unfortunately he's facing the Braves and Spencer Stratter, probably the best pitcher right now in the national league, 51 and two thirds innings for Stratter, 2.96 ERA, 1.01 whip, 18 walks and 86 strikeouts. Now, as much as I just hyped up Spencer Strider, I'm actually on the Dodgers at plus 170 on the money line. You can shop this around. I've seen it as high as plus 180. And this is a simple, simple value play for me. Should the Braves win? Yes. Will the Braves win? Probably. Uh, but at plus 170, the Dodgers have a fantastic hitting lineup. They struggle against lefties. They're getting better against lefties. They don't struggle against righties. And Spencer Strider is a great pitcher. He's going to be able to strike out bats. He's going to be able to strike out any team. Um, but if they can get to him, get some guys on base, Get a long ball here or there, and Miller can do anything to limit Atlanta. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, late, late in the game, we get into the bullpens, and the Dodgers are in play. So at a plus 170, I'm willing to take that chance. Again, I think the Braves probably win, but you're getting a plus 170 on the second best team in the, in, in the National League. I think the fifth or sixth overall best team in the majors uh, with a pro, not a prolific offense, but a very strong offense. And you're giving me plus 170. I'm taking the Dodgers. Unfortunately, you know, if Strider wasn't, if any other pitcher in the Braves rotation, especially some of their their weaker links right now because of injuries, this would probably be about a uh, minus 120 uh, for the Braves, maybe even minus 110. So uh, I'm on the Dodgers at plus 170. 704 in the East. We have the Cubs hosting the New York Mets. Minus 110 on both sides. This is a coin flip game, a pick em game. The total here is eight, juice to the over at minus 115. Some money's been coming in on the over. For the, just trying to pull this game up. Where are we here? Sorry. For the Mets, we have uh, righty Cody Senga on the hill and Drew Smiley, the lefty for the Cubbies. Senga, 43 innings this year, 3.77 ERA, 1.44 whip, 26 walks, 55 strikeouts. So his uh, ghost gyro pitch, no, what are they called? His ghost fork uh, pitch. He's getting the whiffs for sure. 55 strikeouts, uh, 26 walks is a little too many walks though. Hence his 1.44 whip. So he's been very hot and cold and inconsistent. Drew Smile, on the other hand, has, has even found more of a fountain of youth than Rich Hill. 
15 to third innings, 2.86 ERAs, 0.93 whip, 10 walks, 40, 46 strikeouts. So if anything, you know, the, the Mets were struggling They they until last week when they won five straight games to actually show they're still alive with Verlander and Scherzer uh, winning both ends of a doubleheader, which I think I heard was the first time ever that two pitchers for the same team would both have three Cy Young awards have pitched and won in a doubleheader, and they did it. Uh, one of those useless bits of trivia that uh, I often drop here, but interesting nonetheless. But the Mets were struggling. One five straight. Have they broken out? I'm not sure. Smiley's on the bump. Um, I lean towards Smiley at minus 110. I lean toward, I'm not on this game, but I lean toward the Cubs. You can get the uh, the Mets on the on the run line at plus 150. I'm not going to touch that. Uh, if Senga's off at all and Smiley's on or even a respectable semblance of what he's been doing this year, uh, I would lean towards the Cubs. I think when Heard wind was blowing in. That's probably why the total is only at eight in Chicago. Uh, oftentimes, even it's at seven and a half when the wind is blowing in. But a low-scoring game expected. 740 in the East, we have the Twins hosting San Francisco Giants. You can get the home Twins at minus 155. The road Giants at plus 135. Total here is eight, juice to the under at minus 115. And I – what is going on here? One second. My board is glitching here. On the bump for where are they? On the hill for the Giants is Alex Cobb and the Twins send Sonny Gray to the hill. You can get the home Twins at minus one fifty-five in the money line. The Road Giants plus one thirty-five total eight, as I said. And with Sonny Gray, obviously he's the big factor here. On the season, 49 to third innings, 1.64 ERA, 1.16 whip, 19 walks, 60 strikeouts. Got to be in contention right now uh, with Garrett Cole and maybe a couple of Shane McClanahan for the AL Cy Young. The question with Sonny Gray always is, can he last the whole year? Uh, I don't think he lasts at these numbers, but can he make it through 30-plus starts? On the flip side, Alex Cobb for the Giants, 51 innings, 1.94 ERA, 1.35 whip, 13 walks, 44 strikeouts. Uh, I'm not necessarily buying that Cobb's the ace that he's looked uh, to be, although he has done well in his last three of his last five starts. He hasn't given up a run um, in all of those starts. He went over seven innings, but the two that he didn't he got hit hard at San Diego and hit pretty hard by Philadelphia last week. So good. Uh, he's been good. Obviously his numbers um, have shown that he's had a good year and Minnesota bats are not doing all that well. Cobb on the other hand, uh, he's only given up in his last, what, here, two, four, six starts. He's given up th- more than two runs just once. And that was at Cleveland, which is surprising because they're a fairly weak-hitting team. The thing with Cobb, though, is they're letting him get – pardon me, not Cobb, with Sonny Gray. They're letting him get up into the 90s. He's thrown over 90 pitches in every one of his last five starts, with one of them going over 100. But he's not going deep in games. You know, his last four innings, 5.1, five innings, six, did go seven innings against the Yankees. And I think that's, I mean, 19 walks and 49 to third innings is probably a few too high, but he's getting the strikeouts, throws, throwing a lot of pitches. The question is, he's not, not the question is the fact is he's not going that deep in games. Now, I still like the Twins here. You can get them on the run line at plus 145, but the total here is eight and it looks like it's moving down. The Twins offense struggles and I don't see them putting up a lot of runs. So I'm not one to bet a run line when a total is at eight or under. It's just too risky. That means the Twins have to win by two runs in a low-scoring game. 
So if this total is at eight or, or under eight, you know, is this a five, three games? Is this a, is this a four, three game, three, two game? Um, who knows? But at a low number, it's hard to take not just a run line, but as I've said before on the show, it's hard to take a run line of a home team. So if the Twins are to win, for you to cash the run line for the Twins, minus one and a half, they need to win by two in a low-scoring game. If they win in regulation, so in nine innings, they only get eight at-bats. Giants are getting nine at-bats, top of the ninth. Um, Minnesota's winning. They're not coming up to the last at-bat. So they're getting one less at-bat, low total expected, and they have to win by two. Hence why it's probably juiced all the way up to one, plus 145. I like the Twins to win, but I don't like them there, and I can't take the run line for a home team in a low-scoring game. 740 in the East. We have Houston in Milwaukee to face the Brewers. And Houston comes in as a favorites, minus 130 on the money line, and the Brew Crew plus 110. Now, I got this on an early line yesterday. I'm going to do a show soon about um, closing line value in baseball, but lines usually for the next day's game come out around noon. So today's games would have come out around noon yesterday. And I got this when the Brewers starter was still TBD, and it was minus 110 on both sides. So I actually got the Astros at minus 110. I would play the Astros at minus 115, maybe minus 120. Uh, I wouldn't go to the minus 130 right now. I'm seeing on DraftKings. Total here is nine and a half, juice both way, ways at minus 110. And you can get the Astros at plus 120 on the run line. Now, JP France starts for Houston. Just, uh, I think he's got three starts, 15 to third innings, 4.11 ERA, 1.24 whip, four walks, 10 strikeouts. He's been good, not great, but he does have a very good offense behind him. Colin Ray, on the other hand, for Milwaukee, has really struggled. 31 innings, 5.52 ERA, 2.29 whip, 13 walks, and 25 strikeouts. Now, when I pull up his uh, most recent starts, I think Houston has the ability to get to him and get to him early. So in his last few starts against Kansas City, a weak-hitting offense last week, three and two-thirds innings, six hits, four earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Prior to that, at San Francisco, Pitchers Park against a weak-hitting team. Six innings, four hits, three earned runs, a walk, and four strikeouts. He gave up a home run in that game and a home run the previous game. Prior to that, against the Angels at home, five innings, three hits, two earned runs, a walk. Did have nine strikeouts in two home runs. So he's been giving up a little more in a home run a game, which is which is acceptable. Uh, hasn't been going deep into the games. It seems to be limited at about 90. Hasn't gone over 89 pitches yet. And uh, I think he's... Well, he's struggling. He's not looking uh, too solid. And Houston's offense is the difference here for me. Now, France hasn't been exactly lights out either in his young career. He got rocked by the Cubs last week. Three and two-thirds inning, nine hits, six earned runs, two walks, two strikeouts. Proud of that. In six and two-thirds, he held at Chicago White Sox just a one run. And at Seattle, five innings, held them to zero runs. So not great offenses, but he has held them down. And the Brewers uh, are a good offense, for sure. decent offense for sure. I just like Houston. Uh, I, I think Houston has a better starter here. Uh, they have a much better lineup, and the bullpens we can kind of call a wash. So I was on the Astros at minus 110. I played anything up to minus 120. 740 in the East, we have Kansas City hosting uh, Detroit. You can get Detroit on the money line at minus 145, and the home row is at plus 125. Total here juice to the under at minus 115. Sorry, total here is nine, juice to the under, at minus 115. 
And the Tigers are the favorites, which you don't often get, especially when they're on the road, because they have, who is now their ace, uh, lefty Eduardo Rodriguez on the hill. 56 and two-thirds innings, 2.06 ERA, 0.86 whip, 12 walks, 52 strikeouts. He's been having a great year. I've never been a believer in Eduardo Rodriguez, but he's starting to change my mind. He's looked really solid this year. And Mike Myers is the... Pretty sure going to be an opener. He's pitched just 2.2 innings this year, so kind of irrelevant to really get into his stats. Um, don't like either offense, and I'm looking at the Tigers' run line at plus 105. Uh, total here is nine, so a fair bit of runs to be scored. Now, just rewind back to when I said I didn't want to take the Twins on the run on the run line. Uh, total was eight. They were the home team, low scoring game. They don't get that ninth at bat. Detroit here. Totals nine, so a little higher than average. If we're going to call eight, eight and a half average, so so runs are expected to be scored, and they're the road team, so they get the ninth at bat. Now this run line is only plus one hundred five. Um, if it were juiced to one ten, one fifteen, I'd be all over it. But at one hundred five, I'm going to look at it. Maybe wait and see close to game time. But if anything, I would lean towards the run line there. Eight forty in the east, we have Miami in the launching pad of Colorado to face the Rockies. The road Marlins are oddly the favorite at minus 120. The home Rockies plus 100. Total here is a Colorado staple at 11.5. Juice to the under, actually, at minus 120. So the next line there is going uh, up to 12, I would think. And for the fish, we have Yuri Perez, the young righty on the hill. Just nine two-thirds innings, 2.79 ERA, 1.03 whip, three walks, 13 strikeouts. So this monster of a man is doing well. Um, and in his first couple starts in the majors and straight up, I would take him over Austin Gomber, but it's in Colorado. So you never know. Gomber comes in 41, 44 and a third inning, six, 6.70 array, 1.53 whips, 18 walks in 29 strikeouts. And I'm just pulling up his game logs. He has been bad this year. He's been bad at home, but his last couple outings have been a little, well, not his last one, but prior to that, he seemed to kind of figure things out a little. His last outing was at Cincinnati, so the second best launching pad in the majors. Four and a third innings, eight hits, five earned runs, two walks, one strike, a terrible outing. Prior to that, uh, sorry, that, that was at home against Cincinnati. Prior to that, at home against Philly, six and two thirds, five hits, three earned runs, no walks, and six strikeouts. That's an impressive, that's a quality start and an impressive one against the Phillies at home. Prior to that, at the Mets, six innings, five hits, two walks, sorry, two earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Another quality start, and that's an impressive game. Prior to that, against Arizona, five innings, three hits, one earned run, two walks, four strikeouts. At Cleveland, five innings, three hits, no runs, uh, no walks, three strike. Sorry, three walks and three strikeouts. So he's been walking a few too many guys. Hasn't been striking out a lot. But in four of his last five outings, prior to the most recent one at home against Cincinnati, he's looked a lot better. And I would actually lean towards. I haven't pulled it. Trigger up, but I mean, I would actually lean towards Colorado catching uh, the plus 100. Perez has looked great. He's pitched, he's a great prospect. He's pitched two games. He's done well. They were against Cincinnati at home and against Washington at home. So, in a pitcher friendly park against two struggling offenses, I'm not saying the Rockies' offense is any better. At home, they're always better. Um, they're, they're probably better than Cincinnati or Washington's when they're at home, Colorado is. And with a high total here, this game is anyone's guess. Um, I could see Gomber pitching well and Perez getting knocked around a little in his, in his first trip to Coors Field. So not on it yet. Plus 100 is decent. If it creeps up to plus 110, I would be all over the, the, the Rockies. 
Second last game of the night, 938 in the East. Boston is traveling to LA to face the Angels. You can get the Road Sox as the favorite at minus 115. Home Angels minus 105. Total here is nine and a half. Choose to the under nine at minus 120. So likely going, yeah, money's been coming in on the under, likely going down to nine shortly. Um, this game's a stay away from me. The, so- the Sox and uh, righty R- Brian, Brian Bellow to the hill, 28 and a third innings, 4.45 ERA, 1.59 whip, uh, 12 walks and 31 strikeouts, which is impressive for a young pitcher, just over a strikeout inning. Griffin Canning, the righty for the Angels, 29 and a third innings, 6.14 ERA, 1.5 whip, 11 walks and 25 strikeouts. Now, Griffin Canning I, is not the pitcher that he, well, not that he was ever a, a, a headline pitcher. Uh, but a couple years ago, he certainly showed some prospect pedigree. And I think that luster has kind of come off. In his last few outings at Baltimore, five and a third innings, three three earned runs. Against Houston at home, three and two-thirds innings, five earned runs. At St. Louis, five innings, five earned runs. Prior to that, against Oakland at home, five innings, three earned runs. So he has not been pitching well, not been getting the strikeouts that he was earlier in his career. He's got he's – got, one game, that game against Oakland, he had seven. Other than that, he hasn't got the four strikeouts. They seem to be limiting. He did have a 100-pitch out, outing earlier, but other than that, he hasn't gotten over 88 pitches in any start. So uh, I would lean the Sox here. The thing with the Sox is their bats were really hot when they were at home a week and a half ago. Then they went on the road, and they've kind of slowed down. And I don't think that's a function of being away from Fenway. I just think that's a function of major league variance. You, have, you, know, you hit well for a week or two, and then you don't hit well for a week or two. Uh, I don't really like laying the minus 115 with the Sox here. So, And the run line is plus 140. I can't do that. I like Bellow's been pitching well, but I'm not really sure I could back him. Last game of the night is in Seattle. And we have the home Mariners at minus 210 in the money line. The road A's at plus 180. Uh, total here is nine, juice to the under at minus 120. Some money obviously coming in on the under, expecting a low-scoring game. And for Oakland, they have Luis Medina on the hill, 17 innings, 6.88 ERA, 1.24 whip, five walks, 15 strikeouts, has not done well to start the year. And Marco Gonzalez, the veteran lefty, is on the hill, 38 and a third innings, 6.1 ERA, 1.59 whip, 14 walks, 26 strikeouts. He obviously has not done well either. And I don't really have a side. I can't take, uh, I don't think I've ever taken a minus 200 plus favorite. So minus 210. I can't take the M's. On the run line, they're minus 110. Again, a home team. Total's nine, so it's expected to be a little higher scoring game. Uh, home team, they're not getting that eight night to bat if they win. I just don't really like them laying that money at minus 110. Laying a, laying a, 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 ne- a negative price on a run line is not something that I really want to back. So that's the 15 games in the majors. I like Houston on the money line at minus 110. I got that yesterday. It is up to about minus 130. I would play it to minus 110, minus 120. I like the Dodgers, the value at plus 170, plus 180, wherever you can get that. And I like Texas on the run line at an even plus 100. On to the ice. And we have the Western Conference Finals where the Vegas Golden Knights head to Dallas up two games to nothing. Uh, surprising for me. They won the last game in overtime. But I actually like Dallas to win this series. And I can't say I still like them to win the series because they're down two games. But I think they are the better team and heading home will certainly help. Well, my watch is talking to me what she found on the web. Sorry about that. You can get the home Dallas Stars at minus 145. You can get the Knights at plus 125 on the money line. Total here is five and a half. 
minus 110 on both sides. And the puck line, you can get the Stars at minus one and a half, so they need to win by two goals at plus 170. I'm not going to touch that. I think this is a close game right down to the end, maybe even going into overtime. What I did get on DraftKings, so I like the Stars, but not minus 145. What I did get on DraftKings was a uh, 25% profit boost. You can pick either side, and I like the Stars, so I did that, and it got me up to minus 116. So I'm on the Stars at minus 116 using the DraftKings profit profit boost. If you're just going straight, I, w- I would stay away. I, would lean, I lean the Stars, but I don't like laying 145 on the money line. Oh, lots of baseball uh, wrapped on the front by some NBA basketball. And do the Heat wrap this series up? I lean that they do and head to Denver to play the Nuggets for the championship. And do the Stars get back in the series or do they let Vegas get up 3-0? Will be an interesting night. So some takes, some leans, some picks. Hopefully you enjoyed the analysis. Hopefully you got some good uh, ideas and where you're going. Hopefully you can make some money. We can all make some money. I can make some money and we can have a good day in sports betting. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.